Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. NMLS number 65084 Equal Housing Lender. Woo! The five-star reviews are in and it's confirmed. SaveWithConrad.com can save you thousands. Jimmy E. writes that we saved his family more than $1,000 a month. James S. says we saved his family more than $1,200 a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at SaveWithConrad.com. But if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, or even worse, if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money, but a matter of how much at SaveWithConrad.com. are about to be spoken here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy presented to you exclusively by podcast heat and adfreeshows.com. I, of course, am John Alba joined as I am every single week by the broken one, the woken one, the spoken one himself, the king of the obsolete, Mr. Matt Hardy. What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing well. I am sitting here in Albany, New York, uh, getting ready for a big day of AEW. It's my work day, Wednesday. It is your work day. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's a time for a recording of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Last week, we had a really cool episode on ECW that I, a lot of people messaged me and said, you know, this was one of the hidden gems. They, they weren't necessarily expecting a ton out of it when they saw it on the surface level, but I thought there were a lot of great stories in that episode. What did you think about it? I, I thought so, too. I mean, th- there were so many fun little tangents that I was able to go off on and, and tell some, some fun stories. So I, I really enjoyed it. And once again, I, uh, I am a, an advocate of the WWE ECW. I, I think it was all right. I, I, think, I think it was beneficial, and for the time it was around, it, it helped some people, and it was a pretty entertaining program. I totally agree with you. Go check it out in the archives, ExtremeHardy.com. And you may be noticing right now, Matt, I'm sporting our new merch here. How many stars are you giving this shirt, Matt Hardy? I give that particular shirt five, cinco, five, cinco, five stars. And I'll be honest, in all transparency, John, I was going to wear that shirt today, but I knew you would be wearing it. <laughs> I knew it. We, can't, we, we can't have the total matching garb. I get that. It's On Wednesdays, we wear pink. I understand. I get it. Hey, five Cinco, five Cinco, five-star review t-shirt. Get it now. Boxagimmicks.com and Matt Hardy. There are going to be more t-shirts dropping in the near future. I saw a concept for one that I cannot wait for you to see. It's going to be great. So shout out to Ryan over there at boxagimmicks.com. Go get that and make sure you're leaving those five Cinco, five Cinco, five-star reviews because Matt and I are doing another giveaway and that is going to be a personalized video 
from he and I. And we've already got some good submissions, Matt. I think that should be uh, pretty fun. Uh, what is the most obscure video request you've gotten in form of a cameo from somebody? Um, wow. I had a, I, I, I actually had one breakup video. They mm. wanted me to break up. It was a girl wanted me to break up with her dude. Um, that, that, that's probably the most no that I've gotten in, in all reality. And, you know, I know we talked about before, you have cameo now, everyone, you should check it. John Alba's uh, cameo as well. And uh, Rebby is about to start cameo. And I think that would be the perfect gig for her. If you want to trash someone or if you want to <laughs> have a breakup, you want to just damn someone. I think you get Rebecca Hardy to do that cameo. She would, she would kill. Rebecca Hardy's TikToks are on another level. And the stuff that she's been doing with your daughter, the right. day, the day in the life of a Gothic baby is, <laughs> it's just on another level man i love it so much evie's a star she's crushing it she's a rock star she's a little bitty rock star I oh God, when she had that black dress on those little black boots oh my god my heart melted i saw you were teaching her how to do a good wonderful too yeah. in one of those videos get yeah, ahead of that we were working on a little bit of a, yeah, oh, uh, some voice lessons Okay, I like it. It was good stuff. Go check out Rebby on TikTok and, of course, on Twitch at House Hardy. All right, Matt, uh, before we get to our special guest, which is Wardlow, and I cannot wait to welcome Wardlow because Wardlow is probably even a bigger Hardy mark than I am. This is going to be a good episode, but I want to talk to you about the PWI 500, which dropped uh, about an hour before we tape okay. here, and I'm still taking in the list as a whole. But the top ten, I think, oh, is yeah, John smart me up. <laughs> the top ten is a list that has got the whole internet talking, and even by Friday when this drops, it will still be relevant. Uh, number one, Roman Reigns. Number two, Okada. Number three, CM Punk. Number four, Hangman Page. Number five, Bobby Lashley. Number six, Cody Rhodes. Number seven, Brian Danielson. Number eight, El Hijo del Vikingo. Number nine, Big E, and number 10, Jonathan Gresham. Now, before we get into the parameters of this, I, I think it's important to establish that this is done in an evaluation period of the beginning of July from last year to the end of June this year. And they factor in a lot of things, not just, oh, is that guy the best wrestler in the world in between the ropes? They factor right. in their booking. They factor in their presentation. They factor in a lot of different elements. But when I read that list to you, does anything stand out in particular for the top 10? Uh, yeah, I, I would almost I would expect John Moxley to be in there. And I, I feel like you you would as well, because John Moxley's I, I feel like John Moxley has been the, the heart and soul of AEW the last last uh, little bit. I could not believe my jaw dropped when I saw that John Moxley was not in the top 10 this year. Seth Rollins is another glaring omission for me oh, in the top yeah, 10 as, as well, because I think Seth Rollins has had one of the best in-ring in-ring years of his career, quite frankly. Um, I can tell you as I was going through the actual list in and of itself, because I bought the issue and everybody should go check out PWI. Uh, John Moxley came in at number 12. And Seth Rollins came in at 17. And, and one of the knocks they had on Seth Rollins was that he's lost a lot of his big matches this year. He lost the, the, the three-part series to Cody. Right? He lost the three-part series to Cody. He didn't win the world championship from Roman Reigns at the Rumble. But I also remind people, Matt, that, spoiler alert here, pro wrestling is predetermined. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We <laughs> do. Wait till you hear about Santa Claus, too, but I'll tell well, you what. Sorry. Is it, I, is it, is it Santa Claus isn't legitimate? 
it's, it's a work, brother. <laughs> but <laughs> Everything's a work. That's true. But uh, I don't think that that's fair to a performer, truthfully. And I don't get too wrapped up in the semantics of an arbitrary list like this. I, I agree. But I don't think that's fair to a performer with how they are booked to determine their merit in terms of the best wrestlers in the world. How, how do you guys in the locker room feel about stuff like that? Um, th those aren't my PWI 500 ranking. Isn't the number I'm worried about. The number I'm worried about is the number that is on my paycheck. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the only number I'm really concerned about, you know? So yeah, th that stuff is super cool. And, and not going to lie. I mean, the very first time, first couple of times we were in the PWI 500, it was cool and nice. But at the end of the day, the thing I am most concerned with when it comes to numbers is not my PWI ranking. It is my bank accounts and the number on my paycheck every week or every other week. Do you know what your highest rating was? Uh, I, I want to say it was the year that I did Mattitude V1, uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe like in the team. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't even want to say because I'm not positive. And it really, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. He's playing bashful here. Oh, yeah, I think no, no, I, I don't know. I think it was maybe 2003 where I came in uh, 17th. Uh, but yeah. yeah so right. well, 17th. 2003, you came in 17th, which is the same as Seth Rollins this okay. year. So, well, that's what you see. I just knew, like, if I had said, like, I was somewhere in the teens, which I thought I was, but I wasn't positive. Mm -hmm. And if I'd been in the 20s or 30s, you know, everybody that, especially the uh, the FIs, they would have been that fucking Mark. <laughs> he thinks he's a lot better than he really is. <laughs> I, I mean, let's talk about the top of the list here. Roman Reigns at number one. Are, are you buying into that? 100%. Yeah. Great call. Why so? Uh, I mean, Ro Roman is being booked in a very specific way to look dominant and be a champion of the old days where he's had a reign over two years now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he's just – he's killing what he's doing, and you can really tell the, the booking and the company is behind him fully. Uh, and it's kind of a throwback to the old days, having a, a completely dominant champion, which whenever he does drop the title, is going to end up being a really big deal because he's been such a such a dominant champion. Yeah, Okada came in number two this year. I, I wasn't sure if that would be the case. I think Okada has kind of cemented himself as, frankly, a legend of professional wrestling at this point, and I don't think I'm overstepping any boundaries in suggesting that, and I think that that probably helps his cause. Do you have any thoughts on Okada? We've never really talked about him here. Uh no, I mean, he's extremely talented, obviously. Uh, he's, he's a great performer, a great wrestler. I am not up on my Japanese wrestling, um, but, but I do know he has been on top for a very long time there. And I, I mean, I'm sure Japanese wrestling often does a more realistic throwback when it comes to like title reigns and matches and whatnot, you know, kind of like AEW is trying to do here more. They're, they're not as entertainment based as like a WWE would be. So I, I, I understand that position of putting him number two. Uh, CM Punk and Hangman Page at three and four specifically. Again, the evaluation period goes up to the end of June, so you're taking up pretty much Punk's run up to winning the world title and then Hangman Page's run with it. I, I can't really argue with either of those. I know some people say, oh, maybe you could flip them, but I I'll tell you what, I think Punk's run up onto winning the world championship was just fantastic. And that feud with MJF was one of the best feuds in wrestling for the year. Right. And I don't think you can take anything away from hangman page. I know how highly you think of hangman page. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of his journey, man, to, to go from where he was as a part-time journalism teacher to number <laughs> to number four here in the best wrestlers in the world. 
I'm just proud of him, man. And, you know, he's from my neck of the woods as well, you know, the North Carolina, Virginia area. And, uh, just to see someone that started very humbly, uh, you know, his roots are the same as mine. And to see him make it and succeed and become a big star just, just makes you proud of these guys, you know, especially to be able to uh, fulfill their dreams. Certainly so. And a guy that I'm sure you're pretty proud of, uh, Bobby Lashley being number five. I, I think that's almost like a fever dream based on where Bobby Lashley has been in different parts of his career. Right. We just talked about him last week in the ECW episode briefly. At 46 years old, he's having the best run of his life. Yeah, Bobby's killing it. And he looks like a main box. He, uh, he's a great dude and an amazing performer. He really gets wrestling. You know, he's legit too, you know, but he gets wrestling. So it's so great to see him killing it as well. Cody at number six, Brian Danielson at seven. I don't think you're going to have really any arguments against either of those guys being in the top ten, especially what Cody did this year. Especially the Cody deal. I mean, being the first major name that has left AEW and returned to WWE and to be doing as good as he's doing, he's uh, killing it. Uh, Let me grab this door real quick. All right. I want to take a quick pause here, Matt, to tell everyone that this episode of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, of course, is brought to you by CarShield. CarShield makes it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive repairs, and they're going to do the same thing for you as well. It's the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month, and the plans cover more parts than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles on it or even 150,000 miles on it. Now, let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed when you... Need a repair? You choose the mechanic, and CarShield's administrators handle all the rest. That is it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork, the headaches, none of that. You're taken care of. And if your car breaks down on the side of the road, you're stuck on the side. Plans through CarShield include coast-to-coast roadside assistance. And administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. Get your coverage today, and you'll lock in your price now, and it will never, ever, ever go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising costs of parts and repairs for your vehicle. CarShield helps Protect my wallet. It's going to do the same for you. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. We got our special guest, ladies and gentlemen, and I think it's time to let him in. We've spent a lot of time talking PWI top 10. Let's talk about the man with Warner's name. It's Wardlow. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce to each and every one of you Wardlow, a guy who I think is going to be a major star going forward and uh, is just killing it on every level. And one of the most impressive things, you can take a look at his physique, obviously. He's uh, not just a body guy. He's uh, massive. He looks great. He's an incredible athlete, but he can also do a swanton, which is easier than Jeff's crouton right now. (laughs) Uh, That's that's one of my uh, most impressive things about uh, I think that's quite an impressive feat. Thank you. Well, I had uh, many, many years practice on the trampoline um <laughs> i'm listen i know like the, the whole thing you're supposed to act like you've been here before all right but the fact that i'm sitting on a couch next to this <laughs> man right now is is mind-blowing mind-blowing um, well, why is it mind-blowing for you he's um himself and his brother are probably two of the biggest reasons i'm sitting here today um I was so inspired by Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, I mean, obsessed. Like, I have books still of, like, 
every magazine that they were in. I've cut pictures of you guys out and like made a collage when I was a kid. I have art pictures painted and drawn of them. Um, I mean, I was obsessed with the Hardy Boys. They were the reason I woke up happy. They were the reason um, I went to school because during uh, breaks, I could go on the computer and look up pictures and videos. They were the reason I was excited to get home so I could get on my trampoline or my neighbor's trampoline because I couldn't afford one. Um, thank God my neighbor let me and my friends jump on their trampoline so I could practice doing swanton bombs. Um, go home and play with my action figures, then play on the video games. I mean, it was the Hardy Boys were such a big part of my life. Um, and, and realistically, I've always said professional wrestlers have taught me the two most important lessons in life. Don't trust anybody. Stone Cold and Matt Hardy <clears throat> to achieve. You have to believe. And truly the only reason why I'm here is because I believed in myself. The only reason. I dig that, man. And I mean, that's the, I feel like that's the same way I am too. And, and just by doing this, I, I grew up a huge wrestling fan, you know, and, and the guys I admired and I respected, I was like, well, man, if they can do it, I can do it too. You know, and there were so many people that told Jeff and I, uh, you got to stop going and being extras. You got to stop going and, and being job guys, you know, because you guys are never going to make, you're never going to make, well, they, they think we like us and we believe in our talent. And I, I do believe that like to, to achieve, you have to believe and we believe in ourselves and, and things worked out. And just at the end of the day, no matter where I'm at in my career, I'm just always happy to be here because, you know, I'm my dream. My aspiration was to be a pro wrestler and I've been, <clears throat> and I've been able to do it now coming up October 15th for 30 years, That's which, awesome. which is wild. So, uh, just to, to hear that mindset and your motivation behind everything is, is very inspiring to me. It's just very refreshing to hear as well. Yeah. So I was actually, believe it or not, you talked about my physique. I was the runt growing up. Um, I really didn't start to grow to like junior, senior year and beyond high school. So that was even more of a reason they were so inspiring because they were you know, especially that era. Yeah, yeah, for sure. These are actually big dudes. It's just the era they came up with. They were monsters. Um, but as a as a smaller, high flyer guy, you know, I look to them like, okay, you can be a smaller, high flyer dude and still be extremely successful in this business. Um, and and I think that was the biggest thing. Like, I wanted to be the next matter Jeff Hardy. Now, obviously, I blew up and grew physically, but as you see, I still have some of those attributes that, you know, I trained my body for so many years that doesn't forget that stuff. It, it, it's so funny you say that because so many fans and people would say to us, you know, especially after we first made it and we started wearing the kickboard pants and the tight shirts and we had the rebranding with Mike Lays, people said, you know, the, the reason I feel inspired by you guys, because I feel like if you weren't wrestlers and I just knew you, like we'd be friends. You guys seem like very normal guys, like regular guys. And I think a lot of people related to us on that level. Yeah. You guys had that YouTube show for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Where it was just you guys being maniacs. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, in my head, Party I was show. like, I just want to hang out. With I just you. want to be one of those guys. Like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> um, I actually have those pants. Um, funny story. When I was in seventh grade, I found those pants in, um, in Spencer's in the mall. And we did not have a lot of money. And those pants were so expensive. <laughs> but I begged my mother. I begged my mother to get those pants before school started. And I did. And, and then I ended up never wearing them. <laughs> because I'm, they were so special, I never wanted to wear them. <laughs> wow. 
They're in your hearty shrine now. I got you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was it about Matt and Jeff that stood out to you? Because I agree with you. When you see them, especially in that era, there's something that catches your attention about them and it resonates with you. So what was it specifically for you? Man, for me, I think it was just, you know, I discovered the Hardy Boys like sixth grade. So sixth, seventh grade when you're starting to go, you know, um, through puberty. Well, I was a little late to the party, but <laughs> you're going through that kind of awkward stage where you're kind of discovering yourself. And there's a lot of pressure of being a part of this group or that group. And, and the Hardy Boys were just, they did their own thing. And I think that was the most important thing to me was just like, I don't have to be popular. I don't have to go shop at Abercrombie and Fitch to fit in with everybody else. I'm going to do me and I'm going to be unique because that, I think that was the biggest thing about the Hardy Boys. They were unique. They were themselves and they didn't give a shit about what the, the normal was. They were truly wholeheartedly themselves and they were different and they stood out above the rest. And of course they were amazing at wrestling and did the coolest thing you stuff you've ever seen in the ring. So obviously that helps, but it's just the total package, the arm sleeves, the shirts, the pants, the hair, which I mean, this is all, you know, <laughs> because of that. So it was just everything, the total package of them. Now, that that is something that, that definitely holds true. I think with both of us, like we were just us, and we weren't worried what other people thought of us. And even like when we did that Hardy Show stuff, we just we were just us. And uh, Jeff is an extreme example. I feel like I'm a little more based in reality, but Jeff is like out there. He just doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks about him. Yeah. He even like social media. He hates social media. He's like, oh my god, it's gonna end the world. You know, too too many people have opinions. Like I, I can't I can't listen to any of that. It's very much a Jeff Hardy thing. Yeah, that's something I've most definitely that's carried over throughout my life. It's like I'm very much a loner. Yep. Very much a loner. I very much don't give a shit what people think of me. I've always said I care about two people's opinions of me, my mother and God's. Right. As long as they know I'm a good person, fuck everybody else. Excuse me. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Swear away. Crazy. Sorry, that for like my favorite <laughs> word on my last interview I did. So, <laughs> well, so. And you obviously care about Matt Hardy's opinion, of course, too. Uh, that's that's number three wow. in in that group. But man, listen, the Hardy Boys resonate through so many different generations, and I think that's the coolest thing. Like when when people like you and I were growing up, they were right there at the forefront. There are kids now who are being indoctrinated to the Hardy Boys still, even as they're on this final run of their careers. Uh, what do you attest that to with their longevity? Man. So first off, I think it is incredibly impressive their style of wrestling that they've been able to last this long. I mean, that's that's just a testament to who they are as men and and how impressive that physically their bodies are. Um, they're like X-Men, like <laughs> Wolverine to be able to do the things they do and heal and go back and do more. Adamatium. <laughs> um you know, so beyond that, it just really comes down to the whole fact, like like we already said, just the fact that they're who they are. And I think the people recognize that, you know, real. You can't relate with anything more than what's real. Yeah. And Matt and Jeff Hardy is as real as it gets, as you know, you can tell they're down to earth. You can tell that before I ever met them. Um, just watching. I've watched that Leap of Faith DVD probably thousands of times. Um 
but you can tell just through their interviews that these are just cool guys. Like they're just humble, normal dudes. And I think that's what really resonates with people and why they're still doing what they do and why people will still talk about the Hardy boys and will forever talk about the Hardy boys. Uh, that's very kind. Thank you very much. And, and it, it, once again, like, it, I feel like you're from the interaction I've had with you. I feel like you're the same way about this. Like we get to do pro wrestling and the schedule is amazing at AEW. It's the easiest gig. It's like, you know, if you love what you're doing, it's not like you work a day in your life. Right. You know, so this is, this is a great gig. And, even when I left WWE to come to AEW, I wanted to still wrestle because I know I've got X amount of years that I can still do this. And it's not my passion. It's what I want to do as a kid. It was my dream. So I'm, I'm going to go because Vince was ready to move me into a producer role already. Oh, really? You know, I, Triple H was like, he was cool with me doing whatever, kind of utilizing me in a, in a way almost like TK does, you know, but that's why I made the choice to come here. It's like, man, I, you only live one life. And you can only do this for a certain amount of years. And I want to do it as long as I can, because it really is my passion. and I love it. And like, if I'm doing this, I'm not working a day in my life, man. Yeah, you know? I haven't worked in three or four years now. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's yeah. This is, I thank God multiple times a day, every day, for being where I'm at. I uh, I'll bring up uh, Justin Labar too. He always oh, put you over to me as well, and he said, "Oh man, you got to see this guy. I see big things happening for him." And I remember he showed me a clip of a Swanton you done, which was was so cool. And he just spoke so highly about you as well. And you know, I I met him back in the day, and he's like, "Man, you were one of the first pro wrestlers it was really nice to me and you like treated me normal like we were just friends or it was okay I'm like, no, it's just it's kind of who i am man you know i don't treat anyone differently regardless of what their status is yeah and he really doesn't i remember the first time the first time i had the opportunity to meet these guys man i was so geeked out but meeting them they were everything i already knew they were there's so many people you see on tv for years and you build an assessment of them or you, you have this ideal of who they are and then you meet them and they're nothing, nothing what you would expect. What you see with Matt and Jeff is exactly what you get. There, there's no on TV, off TV personality. Uh, well, obviously Matt's uh, explored with some, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Eccentric stuff. Yes. No yeah. doubt about that. I, and I totally back up that assessment as well. Matt and I actually, uh, we first formally connected about a year ago now, and that's uh, Matt literally called me. It was around midnight, and he's like, all right, I got five minutes. Pitch this podcast to me because I messaged him saying, hey, I got an idea. And from that first moment, it is genuity, it is reality, and the truth is the truth with Matt Hardy. So I, I totally endorse that in entirely. Uh, but I got to ask you this, Wardlow. Jeff Hardy comes in in March. And you had kind of said, oh, man, it would be so cool to have Jeff here in AEW. Wow. And it's an all-time great moment as far as I'm concerned when he debuts. Uh, what was that moment like for you as not just a co-worker, but as a fan, seeing the Hardy Boys reunite in AEW there? Um, the wild thing is, is that segment happened right before I went out. So I had like this crazy moment, like I'm getting ready for my segment. And I hear the Hardy Boys music play. And, and Matt and Jeff Hardy are out there and there's a, a swanton being hit. And this is all happening moments before I'm walking out to cut a promo. That still is mind blowing to me. I, I mean, how much wrestling I watched growing up and how much I obsessed with it um, and how far off track I got after high school um, and for a while seemingly ruined 
my life and my dreams. I mean, I went down a real bad path for a while um, with drugs and alcohol and depression. And so to finally make it and to finally be in this company, um, not AEW company, but the company of the likes of Matt and Jeff and so forth. Um, it, it is a beautiful thing. It's overwhelming. It, it's overwhelming on a daily basis. Um, how much damage I did to my life and, and to be able to get it all back and fight for it back and be here and be sitting next to this man. It's like, no matter how much wrong I did in life, it's moments like these that make me realize everything was done right. Everything happened for a reason. And this is absolutely the path that I'm supposed to be on. And I'm absolutely exactly where I'm supposed to be. Wow. Matt, when you hear that, yeah. What goes through yeah. when you hear that, Matt? Yeah, of course. Yeah, e even like that, that's a little piece of your backstory that I don't know about, you know, but that's obviously, you know, uh, myself and Jeff, we've had our issues, you know, in the past, but it, me, after I got married and had kids, I mean, that just changed the priorities in my life all the way around. And also too, like, I just, you have to realize too, like you're fucking up at some point mm -hmm. and you have to make a, a conscience, a conscious effort to, to change things, you know? So that's, it's cool. Usually when people go through that experience, and they do change. It's just a, a great learning tool for them for the rest of their life. And it really helps you to stay on the, the correct path usually. Yeah. So a little deeper into personal. So I've had some moments like that recently. So I'm, I'm actually very thankful. So, so I used to hate the fact that I kind of ruined my 20s. Mm. I used to like be so upset with like, man, that's your 20s. That was your time to live. It's like, no, 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 no. Now is my time to live your twenties were just a learning lesson. I, I thank God today that I went through what I went through then because I'll never go through it again. <clears throat> right. You, you're never going to hear, Oh, Wardlow's got to take time off because he's got personal issues or cause he's got addiction issues or he's, right. I've been through it. I've learned my lessons. And, and that is why I am so, so focused today and why I know I'm going to be so successful moving forward because I've learned my lesson with that shit and it is nothing but focus from here on out. We are very big advocates of discussing these things on this podcast. And Matt has opened up at length about his battles with addiction in the past. We, we've talked a little bit about what Jeff has gone through. Uh, did seeing stuff like what Matt went through and, and his journey as he went to battle through these things, did that inspire you in any way? Yeah. So, you know, obviously you see, you know, people that gain success or gain money mm -hmm. that maybe haven't gone through those things that now are experienced those things because with fame and money, they start to dabble in that type of lifestyle. Um, so, so I'm fortunate that I've kind of, I dabbled in that lifestyle at a young age out of the limelight. So I kind of got away with it in a way. Right. I kind of, did it under the radar before stepping into a public eye. It's cool because it's not really attached to you. Right. Well, yes. Yeah. Thank God. And thank God I came up at a time yeah. where social media wasn't a big thing. Right. <laughs> I might've been, I might've been canceled a long time ago. Who knows? <laughs> um, I was a wild man at one point. Um, but you know, my father was um, a huge learning lesson as well. So he lived very questionable and unhealthy lifestyle with drugs and alcohol. And he ended up passing away seven years ago now from cancer. Um, it all caught up to him. Uh, he smoked cigarettes and drank alcohol like it was his job. Still worked out every day. Um, I, I still think he was taller than me and he was big and lean. 
but man, he just couldn't, uh, he couldn't break that addiction and it cost him his life. And it ha- he passed away before I made it to AEW before he could see it. Wardlow's my real name for the two of you that don't know. <laughs> so my father's real name obviously is Wardlow. I wanted him to see his name, his son on TV. Um, so that is enough to make you straight up. <laughs> yeah. That it's, it, I mean, even saying that it was a big deal for us, which, you know, I'm sure most people know Hardy is our legitimate name as well, that we could make our dad proud, you know, as well. Yes. And it's like, our dad was a, uh, was a mailman. Um, we grew up very, very poor, very podunk town, Cameron, North Carolina. Our mom died when we were young. I was 11. My brother was eight. And, uh, our dad raised us and he wasn't like an emotional guy. He'd know I love you. You know, he was just a provider. He would work sun up to sundown, but he'd make sure we had clothes on our back or we had food on the table, whatever it may be. But, but it was, a, it was a struggle when we were young. And I think that also gave me a much greater appreciation of money. Once I started making money, I'm sure. But like, I'll never forget. And I think I've told this story before here, but like, we went, we drove to Pennsylvania where we were doing like three or four shots or whatever. And I remember we were coming home and I like hurt my shoulder. And my dad said, well, how, how much money did you make up there? I know you got hurt. You fucked up your shoulder, but how much money did you make? I said, well, you know, we got 25 bucks a night, but you know, we made a lot of really good contacts. We did a lot of networking, whatever. And he's like, ah, he said, uh, did you spend more money than you made? And I said, yeah, well we did, but you know, we, we, we really did something beneficial for our career as far as networking. And he said, well, that's bullshit. He said, you need to go take the civil service test. You need to get you a job being a mailman. So you have some insurance and that, that wrestling's just going to fuck you up. He said, I, I hate to tell you boys this, but that shit's fake, you know? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, are you, are you serious? And now I remember I was like, dad, I mean, we do the same stuff. <laughs> the stuff you do, we've done, we do the same stuff. I mean, we're very aware of the status of everything. Um, but dude, once, once we made it, even though he was like a doubter at first, cause he was like an old school country dude. Uh, once we made it, he became our biggest fan and he would go to Walmart, look for our figures and our magazines. And he would like take pictures. He would have a sign a whole bunch. So he could give them out to his friends and he, he would yeah. use it to, to get girlfriends. And he would try <laughs> yeah. come on over to the house when you get a chance, you know? So just for, he was so, it was so great that he got to see us make it. He, he lived a good long life. And actually today is his birthday. So I'll say wow. that to, to my dad in, in heaven. Happy birthday, pops. Happy birthday. Love that. Well, well, on the real quick on the opposite end of that same, but different. So my mother raised us. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was out of our life because of all that stuff when right. I was eight, seven or eight. And my mom raised us in very little town, Middlefield, Ohio, like Amish people. So I had a very similar come up, very poor, single parent. The only difference is my mother has so much love to give. I don't even comprehend how one human could possess that much love. She is uh, an angel on earth. And that gives me, that's really, you want to know what really keeps me in line. Um, It's my mother. Not that she has to. It's just, I want to make her proud like he did his dad. Right especially being poor. I've watched my mother struggle her whole entire life. And the thing is before I was born, it was 10 times worse. Her childhood was 10 times worse than me. It's progressively gotten better through the years, but it is solely my job and my responsibility to make sure the remainder of my mother's life is as happy and stress-free as possible. I don't want that woman to ever stress about a bill ever again in her life. So that's why I do what I do. That's awesome. That's, 
So great. We really appreciate you opening up about that. And I think it's appropriate we take a quick break here for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Uh, man, mental health and taking care of yourself is so important, as you just heard Wardlow discuss, as you've heard Matt discuss so many times here on this podcast. And, and BetterHelp is making it easier than ever with convenient and affordable online therapy. And Matt, I'm not sure if you're aware, but this is actually uh, Suicide Awareness Month. And it's something that I don't know if you've lost any colleagues to that. I'm sure you have. I I know I have as well in my life. And taking care of your mind is just so critically important. And BetterHelp is here to do that with convenient and affordable online therapy. Is there anything else you'd like to add on that front? Uh, it, it is a great program. Uh, I know a lot of people who utilize it. And just one thing I want to say to anybody out there who may be struggling uh, because of you know emotional issues or mental issues, whatever the issue may be, just know that it gets better. It always gets better. You have to believe in yourself and you can get through anything. It certainly is the case. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't feel comfortable about it. I think that's one of the beauties of how technology has evolved here. You can have these services in a way that will service you in a way that is efficient for you. And it's so much more affordable than in-person therapy as well. And our listeners get 10% off their first month over at betterhelp.com slash hardy. That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash Hardy. I had a friend of mine say they took up the offer and they started using BetterHelp as a result. And they said their life has dramatically shifted in the last month just from taking the time and investing in themselves with better online therapy from BetterHelp.com. Once again, that's BetterHelp.com slash Hardy. And we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. So uh, I want to take a quick pivot here brightening things up just a little bit here. Uh, We were talking earlier in the podcast, the PWI 500 dropped today as we record this. Uh, Wardlow, have you seen your number yet? I have not. You are in at number 67. You are the 67th best pro wrestler in the world, according to the PWI 500. And Matt Hardy, this this is going to blow your mind. You ready for this? You are in at 180 this year, which is up about 50 spots from last year. You are three spots ahead of Nick Jackson and four spots ahead of Matt Jackson. How about that? There you have it. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I told these people earlier, I said a lot of people get so focused and they, they really like zone in and have tunnel vision on these PWI numbers. They're worried about the wrong numbers, brother. The, the numbers you should be worried about is your paycheck every other week. <laughs> yes. Now, I will say <laughs> I agree, but – uh, as somebody growing up buying the PWI it's cool. magazine. Yeah, no doubt. It's cool. That is very cool to hear. And you just told me, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, so what's uh, your reaction to that? Last year, I was like 390-something. So to go from 390-something to a year later, I'm, what, 60-something, you said? 67, yep. Double um, digits. 69 would have been great, but... It would have been nice. It would have been nice, but... So, Matt, what do you attribute that to? with Wardlow climbing. You've seen his ascension here. We saw that incredible storyline with Max. Why do you think Wardlow has connected with audiences like this? I mean, he, he he's very relatable. And, and I think also longtime wrestling fans would probably look at him and just from his physical appearance, they'd go, oh, well, he's a Goldberg guy. He's a muscle guy. He doesn't, 
He's not going to come off the top rope. He's not going to be super athletic, but he is the total package when it comes to doing all that. And just to, at, at, at the end of the day, he's just a cool motherfucker, man. <laughs> he's just, a, he's a cool dude. Like you hang around him and you just witness his, his actions and his body language and the way he speaks and the way he looks. He's, he's just super cool. He's young, he's healthy, he's super athletic and, and he gets it, man. And, and when people have all of those things together, that's the recipe for success. Obviously, on AW programming, people have really got behind him, and, and he started to catch fire. And and I'm almost a little sad. It it, it it slowed down a little bit after the whole deal with with MJF, you know. But uh, he will get back there. I'm very confident, and uh, and I know he's got a big fan and supporter in Tony Khan, which is one of the most important things. And it's going to be good when it's all said and done. He's going to end up being a huge, huge star. I appreciate that. I'll I'll add this on to it. I think a lot of people look at me and before knowing me or meeting me, they look at me and go, Oh, this dude's an asshole. He probably <laughs> yeah. has zero respect for the business. He probably wanted to be in the NFL, couldn't cut it. So he's trying this or he didn't make it doing bodybuilding. So he's trying this or didn't make it. So this is his backup. This isn't my backup. This was always, this has been my day one plan forever. People never look at me and assume I was doing Indies Never, people never look right. at me and assume I was doing backyards. Right. People don't look at me and, and, and think that I had my hair dyed and I cut up my mom's stockings and put them on my arm. <laughs> off ladders in my backyard <laughs> through cardboard boxes on the mattresses. Nobody ever expects that, but that is who I am. And that's what I did. Um, so just because I look the way I look, I, I'm, I am a pro wrestler wholeheartedly. And, you know, nowadays, fans are so smart. They're so intelligent. I mean, they'll look into your background. And once they learn your history, I'm sure that makes you even more attractive to them. And, and they're definitely more likely to rally behind you because of that. I had a chance to interview Wardlow right before Double or Nothing. And that's when you were really in the midst of that super hot streak. And we talked about how you give off that James Bond aura. There's that cool, calm, and collected swagger you carry yourself with, but then you also show that you're one of the best hybrid wrestlers in the world, a guy who can use his brute strength and also his agility. Is that a path forward for success in wrestling, in your opinion, going forward now? Because there's so much more expectations for guys who are bigger, meatier athletes. Yeah, so I've always been told in wrestling the best thing to do to be successful is to just be yourself. I mean, these guys have preached it their whole careers, but I've heard that from so much, just be you. Mm -hmm. um, and I've really discovered recently that there is a very blurry line between who Wardlow is on screen and who Wardlow is off screen. Uh, there's really not that much of a difference. So I really just believe in being myself and I carry myself a certain way. And I thank my mother all the time for raising me the way she did and making me the man that I am. Um, because to me, I'm just doing normal behavior. But then I have people coming up and telling me how professional I act or, or, or how I carry myself or how I treat other people. And I have to go back to her. And I actually just had this conversation with her recently. Um, I called her up and I was like, hey, I've had so many people from so many different companies um, so many people within our company and then people within other companies that we work with come up and tell me, thank me for who I am and, and just tell me that I'm a, a leader and I'm a professional and this is how a champion should act and how a man should act and how a pro wrestler should act. And I'm like, I, that so many people came and told me that and I just have to thank you 
for for all of it because it all comes back to how you raised me. I'm being complimented on who I am as a person, and that is directly related to you and how you raised me. So thank you. Um, and that was a cool moment. Just to she's so proud and she's worked so hard to raise yeah. us. So to be able to say, hey, you know, our childhood wasn't perfect. And I know she beats herself up for, you know, maybe some choices or some of the men she's married because, my God, she has the worst choice in men. But but it's like we did something right. You did something right. Um, because here I am being told that, you know, I'm a leader and I'm this and I'm that. And that's all thanks to you. So I think moving forward with my success is just continuing to be myself, continuing to try to lead by example, um, try to lead this locker room um, and rally the boys to where we have a positive locker room and everybody in that locker room wants to fight and wants this company to be the best. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the only thing I care about is AEW succeeding. Mm -hmm. Because Wardlow is nothing and no one without AEW. So I need this company and I need everybody in this company to work as hard as me to make this a success. I agree. It's got to be a team effort from top to bottom. And, and yeah. everyone needs to – in wrestling, they say – I remember coming up and hearing some stuff from like the Shawn Michaels and the Click guys. They would say, you know – in this business, you have to be selfish to a degree. And I remember even Vince would you know, say you have to be selfish when you're in the ring doing this. But at the same time, you have to also be very cognizant of the greater good. And I mean, maybe you have to be selfish if you're supposed to dominate a match or whatever it is. But I think when it comes to like the big picture, you're not selfish. It's got to be a team effort. You can't put yourself first. You have to put the greater good first, which is your promotion. AEW is a great place and the wrestling industry really needs it. You know, if AEW wasn't around now, like things that WWE doesn't change like it does. They wouldn't have been pushed harder like they have been from AW. I mean, it has made the wrestling industry a better place, especially for people like us who had this dream to be a pro wrestler. So it, it allowed more places for us to work and also to, to kind of make a better salary. So uh, it, it's one of those things in wrestling. Occasionally you have to be selfish in the context of a match when you're supposed to do something, especially when you're the guy who's powerbombing someone 10 times or whatever it may be, you know, you have to get your shit in. But like when you go through that curtain and when you're backstage, it is not about you. It is about the promotion. You have to put it first and foremost. That's why, that's why he's still doing it. That's why he's been able to do it for so many years. And that's why he's still doing it. That is the mindset. I wish every freaking pro yeah. wrestler could have because Everybody wants to be the man today. Everybody wants the heavyweight title. Everybody wants the main event spot. Everybody wants to be the man today. Guess what? I felt very highly of myself entering this company. Of course, I wanted the night one, hop the guardrail, beat the shit out of everybody, push to the moon right away, heavyweight title for year one. Of course I wanted that. Of course I thought I was capable of that. But... I came here and I did my job for three years, for three years. Um, two of those years, I literally stood in silence behind Max, but I did what I was told. I did what was, you know, what was asked for me for the better of the company mm -hmm. and look at the reward from it all. Yes, it took three years, but if you just do your job and, and you work with people, the reward comes. The reward comes. You get your break at some point. Like patience, people. And, and it, there's only a handful of guys that like always ride on the top. 
You know, I mean, once in a while you're going to have that. But generally, I think the mentality you have to realize about pro wrestling is it's like a cosine curve. You're going to have your ups and you're going to have some downs, but then you're going to go up again and you're going to go back down again. And you have to understand that and accept that and just like not freak out when something does specifically go your way. That's just how pro wrestling works. I'm still working on the not freaking out part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that you surround yourself by the right people who are there to help guide you through that, like a Matt Hardy. And that's how you navigate those storms. Cause and and pro wrestling is such a weird industry too, where I always say it's it's built on a lie, right? So you're going to have people that are very much looking out for themselves, but it's the ones who genuinely earn it for the right reasons for the betterment of the whole company for for the whole family it really does help lay those foundations for everyone to find success and for everyone to eat so i totally agree with that assessment there now i want to pivot real quick because the reason i want you on here is i know how big of a hardy mark you are and you probably know as much about their careers as just about any other pro wrestler out there so i want to pick your brain on some of your your favorites, your favorite moments, your favorite characters, your favorite matches about the Hardy Boys. So let's start with this one. What is your favorite Hardy Boy match? Damn. That's so tough. You got to pick one. Uh, I, I'm, I feel like as far as like when I think back to emotion, like what brought out an extreme amount of emotion out of me. Um, And one of those would be the tag team cage match at Unforgiven against Edge and Christian, because it was like they had been (laughs) hitting them with chairs in the concerto for weeks and weeks. And, and they fucking, they lost the TLC, which, I was so pissed. And then they lost the TLC too, which I'm still to this day pissed about. <laughs> um, Edge and Christian are always winning these matches. So for that cage match to happen and the story they told with Jeff getting out of the cage early and Matt having to survive in there, Jeff trying to come back. And then the big, he finally gets to the top of the cage and the big whisper in the wind at the end. And then you guys hit the chair deal at yeah. the end. It was just it was a full story, full circle. And then for them to both feet hit the ground, tag team champions, I remember freaking out with excitement. So that might be like, as far as a raw emotion, I think that was the, like the most. That, that, that match uh, holds a very special place in my heart as well. And the, the funny thing is we just talked about this recently on here when we went into TLC one, uh, after the WrestleMania match, we were slated to win TLC because it was in Raleigh, North Carolina. And we were supposed to less than 24 hours before the show. Vince told us, he said, I, I can't put the title in here. Everybody's expecting it. It's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Everybody's expecting it. Oh, Sometimes man. you need to let them expect this, like the blow off, you know? Yes. And, and I remember we were like, so it was like, this was the first match of its kind. It would have been such a big deal if we would have won. He said, we'll do it next month. We'll do it next month. I promise. So I feel like, when we first won the tag team titles from the Acolytes, we weren't the best tag team in the world. You know, it, really the tag team titles were helping to get us over and like give us credibility and put equity in, in our team. But then like when we were going to win that TLC match, we were like, I feel like the best team in the world, you know, and it was like our time to do it. We had this long, really uh, historic program with, you know, Edge Christian and the Dudleys. But, you know, he moved it back one month and we ended up doing it with Edge and Christian. I still feel like 
my emotion that I wanted to be captured at SummerSlam in the TLC match in 45 minutes from my house too. You know, I feel like that emotion uh, transferred over to that cage match as well. That was like a big deal to us. And and I I want the, the cage match was in Philadelphia. I remember I was talking about the scramble match last week, how I was happy. It got a good reaction. I remember it was in Philadelphia and we still would always think Philadelphia was notorious to cheer for Hills and the bad guys were like, well, we hope we still get the same reaction in Philly. And and we did, we had a really good reaction when we won the titles that night. Well, the good news is you and I will be covering that unforgiven 2000 cage match next week here yeah, on the extreme oh, life yeah. of Matt Hardy. Yeah. And, and uh, you and I will be in person together watching this match. So Wardlow, if you'd like to pop in and watch the match with us, there's an open invitation uh, to uh, go ahead and mark oh. out once again. And yeah, uh, yeah that in the, um, that first ladder match, the tag team ladder match, mm-hmm. that was so special. And it was in Cleveland. Yeah, not, not far from you, right? Yeah, so that that whole match was absolutely beautiful as well. I wasn't quite <laughs> on the Hardy train quite yet. I think that helped get me there. Right. Um, and then, yeah, WrestleMania 2000 with the TLC. That was just, it was game over after that. What is the most iconic Hardy Boys moment? Oh, man. The most iconic Hardy Boys moment. I don't... Oh, you know what? The Royal Rumble match, the table match at Royal Rumble in New York City, the tag team table match, them versus the Dudley Boys. That's a match I've probably watched more than any. I loved that tag team table match. Um, I feel like... I don't know... I don't know if there's like an iconic Hardy Boys moment. I feel like they have so many individual moments, like in the same match type of thing. Like Jeff Swanton at WrestleMania in that first yeah. triple threat ladder. I, to me, that was the first TLC match, mm-hmm. but I know it wasn't labeled that way. That big Swanton, I think, was like the craziest thing at the time that I'd ever seen. Um, together... I don't know what the most iconic moment would be. I always, when I think of them together, that the, um, what do you call the, the, the Omega? Uh, the Omega? With the splash and the leg, leg drop. drop. Uh-huh. The leg drop splash in that tag team table match was insane. Yeah. Because you came off the ladder, he came off the ring to the yeah. outside through yeah. the table was nuts. What, and so I'm curious, what do you think is like the most iconic Hardy? Oh, probably the return at WrestleMania, maybe. Yeah. That, that, was, that was definitely up there. Yeah. I screamed. I was, by myself. <laughs> I was by myself in my living room and I screamed like a freaking 12 year old child. <laughs> Especially, you know, we were, it, it was that period where spoilers had started getting out always constantly and you know there were some people who speculated are they going to be there oh they're not going to be there blah 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 blah. and we really played that up hard that we weren't going to be there i tried to do as much as i possibly could and just it was such an adrenaline filled moment for me because we had literally just got to the arena 20 25 minutes before and and they hit us in a trailer and we talked to the guys a little bit right before, and then they said, "Okay, we'll tell you when to go." And uh, the the match before us ends, and they start making their interest. They said, "Now!" And we had to run up like four flights of stairs to where Gorilla was. And then we walk in, and you know, there's Vince and there's John Cena and Shawn Michaels. We're like giving all these guys hugs. We hadn't seen them in a while. And then music hits, and we walk out. And I watched the pre-show at our hotel online before we got to the venue. But I had no idea what the venue looked like. You know, when we're around TV all day, you see the the the, the seats, and you know how it looks. You see the crowd starting to follow in. And uh, 
to walk out in front of that crowd. And then we saw delay, delay. It was like in slow motion. It was almost blurry around the edges. It really felt dreamlike in so many ways, like surreal. That's awesome. You know, and just the reaction was just, just so, so special. Just a magical, magical moment. I mean, that 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 definitely is a top top three moment for sure. Yeah, yeah that's a clip I watch often. Just <laughs> a reaction. So, Adiki, what are your other moments? <clears throat> I would say us winning the first ever tag team ladder match against Edge and Christian because that's the map. That's the match that officially put us on the map. And then uh, I'm trying to think of. I mean, there, there's specific matches, but when you talk about like moments that we had, you know, which doesn't always necessarily relate to just a match itself. Um, that, that moment where we actually won the tag team titles when we chased for so long in that cage matches is another one as well, because I feel like at that time people really wanted us to be the champions as well. And even the, the first moment, even though we weren't like the greatest tag team in the world at this time, whenever we beat the, uh, the acolytes for the titles was a big one too. Cause that was also yeah. in, in Fedville, North Carolina. Yeah. So the feeling of your first title. Yeah. win. Oh man. Because that's all we ever wanted. If we won the tag team titles one time, then, then we were good. You know, isn't it amazing how the moment you won those titles, your, your next goal popped in your head? Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 It really does. It did that happen with you with the TNT championship? Uh, almost instantly. Yeah. It, it's scary. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I've kind of accepted I'm never going to fully be satisfied in life. I'll never be fully satisfied in life because I'm never satisfied. The moment I accomplish a goal, I have to move on to the next goal. Yeah, that's what keeps people driven, though. I think driven people are like that. You're always going to want to do more. And I think that is what separates myself, him, from other individuals in the business and why he's been doing it so long and why you're going to see this face um, in this business for as long as humanly possible because we have just that that drive that's like, I don't know, man. You just, we're conquerors. We have to... We have to conquer things. We have to accomplish goals. We have to work towards things. That's what that's what mm-hmm. drives us. Agreed. I do. Also, I was going to say, whenever we showed up uh, in uh, in New York, uh, and lights on, lights uh, lights off, lights on, and we showed up against the Young Bucks and beat them for the ROH titles. That was a big deal too, because oh, like we just left TNA and nobody knew what the fuck was going on. We were doing that expedition of gold. It was it was very very cool. And, of course, all that is available in the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy archives. If you'd like to catch up on all that listening, Matt and I have covered all those things you just discussed. And next week we'll be discussing Unforgiven 2000, ExtremeHardy.com. But one of the reasons, Matt Hardy, your longevity has been so fluid is because you are taking your AG1s every single morning. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about one delicious scoop of AG1, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, and all of those things. And the beauty is it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, while still tasting good, and it supports better sleep quality and recovery. Matt Hardy, your AG1s might make you even wake up looking like Wardlow one day. You never know. I hope so. When I I grow up, I want to be Wardlow. That's why I have my AG1s. 
Your Wardlow's going to get that tattooed on his arm right now. When I wake up, I want to look like Wardlow, Matt Hardy, on uh, September 14th, 2022. And it also, AG1s, they cost you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habits, cheaper than getting all those different supplements yourself. It is an investment in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And how many free travel packs, Matt Hardy, with your first purchase? They are going to give you five Cinco, five Cinco, five travel packs. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Wardlow, let's ask you this one. What is your favorite version of Matt Hardy? Your favorite Matt Hardy gimmick? Ooh, so my my favorite Matt Hardy is always going to be um, either of them. My, my favorite version of either Hardy Boy is going to be a 98-99 to 2000. That era, just there's nothing comparable. Now, <laughs> I, as much as I hated the Hardy Boys split up and to see anything different because I would have been, I would have been, yeah, I would have been 98 hard, 99 Hardy Boys for life. But <laughs> B1 version one Matt Hardy even though it was so fucking heartbreaking <laughs> it was so heartbreaking them splitting and him being a heel um I didn't want to accept it but my god did I find myself running around <laughs> doing this shit all the time um <laughs> and I love Matt Hardy version one um and actually I went to a raw one time and they had uh they had this Team Extreme shirt where on the back it was like half of Matt Hardy's face, half of Jeff Hardy's face. I think there was a third person in there, but we'll forget about her. <laughs> um, but I, I went uh, to Raw, and on one sleeve I taped the white and I had a black pad, and I put V1 with marker. And then on the other one I had the Jeff Hardy whole sleeve. And, man, did I think I was the coolest person ever to have both. And I remember fans wanted to take pictures of me um, because they thought my outfit was so cool. <laughs> That's great representation. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that does sound cool. <laughs> I dig that. I'd do that myself. But yeah, version one was awesome. Um, that might honestly, version one, Matt Hardy might be my favorite just because I could tell he had so much fun with yeah. it. And you got, I yeah. feel like that's the most raw, like myself. He had the Matt facts where you can just talk about yourself and be boastful and, I love that. Well, we have a tradition on this podcast where Matt Hardy does a Mad Fact every single week, and I'm so glad we waited to do our Mad Fact yeah. because, Wardlow, I know you're a big V1 fan, and uh, you have a chance to live in person witness a Mad Fact be laid down for the mass audiences. So, Matt Hardy, please hit us with our Mad Fact. Mad Fact, Matt is perplexed by people that don't utilize cruise control on interstates. <laughs> I, I often just drive with cruise control i drive with my fingers all the time yeah me too yeah i, I think someone's a psychopath especially if they're driving and the speed limit is 65 and you just don't set it like at 70 or something you're driving like why, why do you want to focus on watching your speed the whole while jesus christ do you have a favorite mad fact wardlow oh god I, there's so many i don't know 
I wish I could remember because I just yeah. saw one. I just saw one recently on Twitter that popped me so hard, but I can't remember what it was. Mm. Everyone goes back to the mustard one all the time. That's that's the one well, that follows the, Matt everywhere. That, that's probably the most popular one. Uh, Matt strongly dislikes mustard. Dislikes mustard. And, and it was early, and it's just not like Matt hates mustard. It was strongly dislikes. <laughs> I feel like the word choices are very important. In all oh, absolutely. Matt, Matt, so. Matt, Matt Tan's wearing only a sock. You know, like just so many, a lot of stuff like that. Matt considers himself a sex symbol. Like I had so much fun with all those things. Yeah. Undefeated against the Undertaker. That was a good one. Uh, Yeah. Matt, Matt has defeated Undertaker in two consecutive matches. Yes. Yes. Always great. Uh, So my premise for this podcast, Wardlow, was I always felt like Matt was the secret sauce of the Hardy Boys. Jeff was the sizzle. Matt was the steak. How did you look at the Hardy Boys growing up? Did you view them in a different prism from one another? Did you have a favorite one over the other? Did you hear that from Jr. Or did I mean, is that just the steak and sizzle comparison? Is a Jr. Not yeah. about you guys specifically, but he yeah. has said that over the course of the years. He, he would constantly say that to us, like in in real life too, especially especially when we started. Like, is Jeff later on in time? Jeff really got a lot smarter putting matches together. In the very beginning, Jeff would just be like, yeah, just tell me what to do. I'll be there. You know, <laughs> right, so yeah, so there's a lot to go on this. So I kind of I was aware of this because they are very open and admitted. Um, so that like the leap of faith DVD really took you into that. Um, specifically, you saw Matt was the one sewing and making all their outfits. Matt was the mind behind it all. Matt was the businessman. He was the mind. He was he was the man getting it done. And yes, Jeff was just this cool dude that's just like, yeah, what do we, what do you need me to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, I'll go jump off this thing and, and everything's going to be awesome. Okay, cool. Um, and I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it's very similar with Edmund Christian, where Christian has like this crazy creative mind and Edge was kind of the dude that went out and did some cool stuff. And um, it was like Edge and Jeff kind of turned into these rock stars yeah. where Matt and Christian <laughs> still equally successful just in a different way and in, in, in more of a creative way i would say i feel like matt is so creative and he's reinvented himself so many times where jeff can just kind of get away with just being jeff yeah, and going out yeah. and hit a swanton bomb yeah, yeah. um i kind of relate that to myself and max mjf has such a mind right he's so creative and i admittedly i don't have a mind like matt and max they're geniuses, like true geniuses when it comes to this business. Um, I'm kind of more of a Jeff where I'm just this cool dude. Tell You need me to go out and powerbomb somebody 10 times. Cool. I'll go out and powerbomb <laughs> something. But just tell me what you need me to do. I'll go out and make it work. Um, so I think it's important to have that yin and yang because as much as I hate Max, he's a genius. And in our roles, he created all these things. And I just played this part which was just being myself. So it worked, but yeah, it's, it's wild to see some guys have the mind for it. And some guys have the physical part of it. Um, Some guys are lucky and have both. Um, And I think that's where Matt has been so successful. He has the mind for it and the ability. So he can create this and go out and do it which is truly special. I, I wish I could tap into my creative side like that. Thanks, man. Uh, I've always felt like I always knew early on, especially because 
when we did the Hardy Boys and we were like, you know, known as the Daredevils, Adrenaline Junkies is one of the things they kind of branded us as. It, it, that was always more Jeff than me. So I was really happy when I got to do the Matt Hardy P1 deal. And I told Vince, I just, I promise, I know, I know you love Jeff and he's your guy. He'll jump off any perch available, whatever. But like, I have something I can offer as well. And I feel like I'm at my best whenever I am playing a larger in life, almost half-assed delusional character in some ways, you know, and I feel like that definitely related with, you know, Matt Hardy B1, like Broken Matt, obviously too. <clears throat> but I'm kind of the architect behind the Hardy Boys and, and Jeff is just like the legitimate rock star. And I feel like that's kind of like our relationship. And and I was cool with that earlier on. It's like, well, if I'm like fundamentally stronger and I'll do some wrestling and I'll throw a better strike than you or whatever, I'll do my stuff. And, and you do the swantons and the whisper in the winds, whatever. And, and once again, it's thinking about the greater good. It's going to be best for our package. And, and Jeff was always down with that. I think that you evidently view them in a similar prism that, that I certainly did. And it's so cool with wrestling where we find these different attributes of people that resonate with our journey, right? Like you just said it kind of where you have that affinity for Jeff, where you can go out there and do the things, but you appreciate Matt's genuity and his psychology and, and all of that good stuff. I my favorite part about this podcast is hearing Matt enlighten. And I love when Matt puts on that teacher hat. So Matt, he just said to you, well, I'd like to tap more into that creative side. How can a guy like Wardlow tap more into that? I, I mean, I, I feel like it's not going to be terribly challenging because like, even if like your creative isn't like something that is your greatest quality, you, you're just very aware of who you are. You know what I mean? And, and like also being humble in your role as well, I think is very beneficial. Now that you have become like this legitimate character as Wardlow and you have a path of what you're doing, I always feel like you're very in touch with yourself. There's, well, I'm good at this. I can incorporate this or I could pull this in from this side or maybe I could do the story this way because I have like a bit of a history now. You know, so so I feel like the, those a lot of times creativity is built off stuff that you feel like they can relate to you. And I also think it's important to be able to step out of your comfort zone and, and also do things that, maybe you wouldn't typically do, or maybe people wouldn't expect you to do. And I think you do that a lot. Like whenever you do, like, I think you're very smart. It's how you utilize, like when you do a high flying maneuver or whatever, like you don't do it all the time. It's not overkill. You do typically what people would expect of you, but sometimes you break out that swanton or whatever it is. I'm sure you could do a huge dive out of the ring. People are like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. You know? And I feel like you're very smart at utilizing that. I, I even feel like uh, in the very beginning, like, Brock Lesnar, I'll even make a kind of comparison. He could do all kinds of cool shit as well, right? And Ohio Valley Wrestling, he used to do the shooting star press every night. And I remember Ron Sim was like, why are you doing that every single night? <laughs> you, look, you're a monster. You don't need to be doing that every single night. Damn. <laughs> and then eventually, after he had the incident with Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, where he, you know, he landed on his head and, and hurt his neck there, that's where he kind of changed his whole thought process. And I feel like right from the jump, you've got that thought process down and you like, know, like, okay, well, there's a time I can sneak it in, but you don't overkill it as well. And I, th I think just as you continue to move forward in your career and now that you have like a character that has a backstory and, and has a history, it's going to allow you to be more creative in, in the directions you choose going forward. Yeah. I think that is a big part of it. As he's saying that I kind of realized, like, I think it really just comes down to like my comfort level. Yeah. And now that I'm, now that it's been a few years and I'm kind of in a little bit of a bigger role, I think it's just now that I become more comfortable, I'll start to maybe be more relaxed and open to speaking my mind or, or pitching things and starting to tap into a little more to who I am. Yeah, 
and I, I think that people will see that development over time. You're still on the national stage. You're still so young in that regard. And there's still so much untapped potential too. And I, Matt, I, I'm not saying this just because he's sitting next to you, but I think right now we're talking with somebody who's going to be one of the top three biggest stars in pro wrestling in the next three to four years. And I think that's the coolest thing, seeing that journey unfold. Do you agree with that assessment? Cause I got a feeling that you do. I, I do. And I remember there was a point here on this podcast where we were talking about, I think I was bringing up that it would be nice if AEW had like a, a, a more mainstream star. You know, I, I know AEW is kind of like booked on work rate and great matches and whatnot, but but also it's very important. I mean, and, and WWE is proof of this. Every time they've been the hottest, they had someone who was like a crossover star. And just from from meeting him, his attitude, his mentality, how he's so grounded, and just he's a, a big dude who looks great, looks very special. Like he's he's someone important. I, I think he has the potential to be like a mainstream star. I, you were the first guy I named out of everybody going forward, and and I, I think there's a lot of stuff. I think the more successful your wrestling stuff comes, I think there'll be, you know, you can do this commercial or maybe you can have this role in this show or, or whatever it may be. But I I think you could be someone who would bring in like casual fans, and and we need that here at AAW. We need mainstream stars. So I appreciate you saying that because that's something I've really thought about recently. Is like like something to pitch to Tony, mm -hmm. like rather than pitching, Hey, I have this wrestling idea. Like would would it be beneficial for me to get like a, a movie role right. or a TV role? I truly, like I said, I want AEW to be successful. So if me being able to go do a movie role, which would just be another dream come true for me, right. can be also beneficial to this company and get a whole new set of eyes on us. I said this from day one, one of my main goals in pro wrestling was to make wrestling cool again, or to be one of the people to help make wrestling cool again. Growing up, everybody was talking about pro wrestling. Adults were coming over. We were having full blown pay-per-view parties. Kids at school were talking about it. Teachers were talking about it. Pro wrestling was cool. It was part of the mainstream media. Um, I want to get back to that. I want kids to, to, think it's cool again and to know it's cool. I want kids to be talking yeah. about it at school. I yeah. want kids to be inspired by me. I want wrestling to be the rock star show it once was. And I truly believe that if I could go and, um, and pull some, some other people from different audiences to us, I truly feel I'm capable of doing that. I truly feel like I am the guy to do it. Um, so yeah, maybe that's a conversation I need to have with yeah, Tony. Like I, I do too. I think that your path is on an upward trajectory. And the last thing I want to throw out there, AW's got these trios titles now. I know you and FTR got a good deal going there. Love seeing you guys do your thing. I thought your match at the pay-per-view was great. But what would a trios title run with the Hardy Boys potentially mean to someone like Wardlow? Hypothetically speaking here, of course. Well, I think I don't need to answer that. <laughs> How much that would mean to me. Um, yeah, I... I can't even fathom that. I can't even fathom. I don't even know that what that would feel like. <laughs> Matt, any thoughts on that? Uh, I, that? That sounds great. You know, I'm pretty excited. We're getting close to the point where we, you know, meet the new Jeff and we figure out his future and what he ends up doing. And, and I'm, I'm pretty excited because I, I feel like his mentality is like he knows he has to make changes and, and, and do what's right. And I feel like he's, he's at a point where he, he will. This time around. So uh, I'm excited to to have him back. 
And uh, I, I think this would be amazing. It'd be so much fun. Man, I'm so glad that we were able to get you on the podcast with us this week. It really is a, a privilege seeing your career trajectory just higher and higher every single time we see you on TV. Uh, is there anything you'd like to throw out there, Wardlow? Uh, anything you want to plug, promote? Uh, floor's yours. Um, just watch AEW Dynamite every single Wednesday, AEW Rampage every Friday, TBS and TNT. Uh, Dark is on YouTube. You can find all of our videos on YouTube. Um, other than that, I just want to say thank you, and most importantly, thank you. Well, this thank you, was uh, a dream come true all in its own. Uh, this means more to me than anybody will ever know. Uh, my day is made, so just thank you guys so much. So awesome. Matt, anything else you want to add on this? Um, no, this this was so much fun. Uh, and, and I want to say once again, man, it's so nice to sit back and talk to you and just hear about your humble, you know, upcoming and, and and just the whole story with you being raised in a single parent family as well and, and then we share that in common just like your humility is just amazing and it's greatly appreciated and it's always nice when you see someone you go like oh my god they seem like a great dude and then you just realize how humble and how great they are so it's nice man thank you so much thanks for thank doing you. this man appreciate thank it. you man. and i'm excited i'm excited for your future you know because you're you're one of the good guys so it's always good to see the good guys succeed Awesome, awesome stuff there. No doubt about it. The words have been spoken this week. Leave those five-star reviews here for The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Check out ExtremeHardy.com. Five single, five single, five-star reviews. we got to hook Wardlow up with uh, one of these shirts here. Unboxinggimmicks.com. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next week right here on The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Adios, guys. Listen, man, I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to just do me a favor and run on over to savewithconrad.com. Get yourself a quick quote. My man, Andy M just left us a five-star review over at conradreviews.com. And he had this to say the effort and communication from Josh was above and beyond. We ran into several unexpected hiccups along the way, but Josh kept us informed and kept looking for options to get things done. In the end, we were still able to refinance to a 15 year loan, where we're going to be able to pay it off in 10. And we took enough cash out to pay off our credit cards, my truck loan, and even buy my wife, her very first new vehicle. We're going to save over $500 a month from what we would have been paying without the refinance. We can't thank everyone enough. Now guys, that right there is a win, win, win situation. Let me explain over the last couple of years, your house is probably worth more than ever. Now, what you do with that equity is up to you. And what I'm going to recommend is we do what our man Andy did. Andy took himself from a 30 year loan down to 15 years, but he's planning to pay it off in 10. Now, how can he afford to do that? We got rid of all his credit card debt, just like that. We got rid of his truck loan and we even got him enough cash to get his wife, a new vehicle. The result cheaper monthly payments. How does that happen? How do you get a new car, pay off a truck and get rid of your credit cards and cut years off your loan. You go to SaveWithConrad.com. We're going to get you cheaper monthly payments. And how's this for starters? No house payments for the next two months. That's right. You can skip your next two payments. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And buddy, if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. And here's the best part. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. 
I don't care if you were late here or there. Maybe you had a bankruptcy back in the day. Maybe you were late on a credit card. We're going to help you figure out how to get in the situation that your family needs now and long-term. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life at savewithconrad.com.